I suppose each of us, if we had our choices, would have several lessons from various parts of Scripture. And one of the passages or one of the parts of Scripture that I love are the Beatitudes. In fact, the Sermon on the Mount is the part of Scripture where the Beatitudes are found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, the very beginning of that great Sermon on the Mount. And I read those last Sunday evening, and I'm not going to read them again today, but I will point out to the fact that there are a number of other Beatitudes found in the Bible. Those passages that say, blessed are or blessed is, and in fact, there are seven of them found in the book of Revelation. And tonight is our second of the two lessons. Last week, we looked at several of them found in the gospel accounts, particularly in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And tonight, we're going to begin with those in John. And I'm simply going to remind you of the meaning of the term blessed, and then we'll enter into our lesson. You know, there are two words in the Bible that are found that are translated blessed. The first one is makarios, which means pertaining to being happy with the implication of enjoying favorable circumstances. And you say a person is fortunate who is in these circumstances because these things will make you happy. There's the other word, eulogitas, which means worthy of praise. And the word that you often will hear is a eulogy. That's where you say good things or you bless a person and Most often we use that in regards to God. We say good things about God. But we're talking about the kind of behavior that really makes a person happy. And I don't know about you, but I like being happy. I love smiling. I enjoy uh, the times in life where things are going good. But you have to realize it is the choices that you and I make that really brings about those fortunate circumstances. I often see people struggling in life and I look and say, but they made the bad choices that put them there. You and I have to realize that being fortunate is people who put themselves in the right place to do the right thing and to enjoy the blessings promised by God. We're going to begin with John chapter 20, verse 29. And here's what we're going to do as we go through each of these. We're going to move through them rather quickly. But we're going to notice the kind of person who is blessed. And as Brother Noel just read to us, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You see, the truth is, is that the Lord had already told them that he was going to go into the tomb and that three days he would be raised again. There were those who were credible witnesses. The other 11 of the apostles, minus Judas, really 10 of them, had told Thomas that Jesus had risen from the dead. And Thomas said, no, 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 unless I see him, unless I put my fingers in the nail prints, I'm not going to believe. And then obviously the Lord provided him with the evidence that he needed. But then the Lord pronounced a blessing on those who walk by faith and not by sight. You think about that just a moment. Blessed are those who believe who've not seen. You know, Thomas, I want to praise you, 
But I want to tell you, blessed are those who believe who have not seen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, Paul would write, So we're always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You and I do not walk by the sight of the Lord right now. He's not walking on this earth with us physically. You and I have to trust Him and trust what He has said. And so if you think about the application of John 20, verse 29, it's the kind of faith that Abraham had. Do you remember when God called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees? In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8 we read, By faith Abraham when he was called to go out to a place which he would after receive as an inheritance, went out not knowing where he was going. Here's a man who God says, go, and he says, all right, Lord, where do you want me to go? We need to be the blessed people who take God at his word, listen to what he says, and we don't always have to be able to have something put in front of us to say, all right, I've got, I've got to have proof of this or proof of that. But we're the kind of people who walk by faith and not by sight. Second one, Romans chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And there Paul writes the Romans, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and those whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute iniquity. Now, Paul is quoting David from Psalms 32. Psalms 32 is one of those great passages where David is expressing his sorrow, his penitence over the sins that he had committed with Bathsheba. We call him one of the penitential psalms. And he begins by saying, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. David recognized that he needed to be the kind of man who focused on the peace of mind that a person enjoys who's had his sins forgiven. He's not carrying around with him the guilt of sin. I don't know how some people do it. Some people go out and commit sin. They commit sin. They commit sin. And they do so week after week, year after year. And how do they do so without a guilty conscience? Notice as David describes this in verses 3 and 4. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all the day for my night, day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I just dried up because I was carrying the guilt of sins with me. And so if you listen to Paul quoting David, he's saying, Blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven, it's covered. The greatest thing that you'll enjoy in life is when you lay your head on a pillow at night knowing that your sins are forgiven. And thus Paul here in the context of Romans 4 is applying it to both the Jew and the Gentile. What a great privilege. Because see, under the Old Testament, the Jew could approach God directly. The Gentile did not have that. 
But now under the new covenant, does this blessedness come then on the circumcised only or upon the circumcised also? For we say righteousness was accounted to Abraham or his faith was accounted him for righteousness. We understand that you and I today enjoy that same privilege because of the blood of Christ. The third of these other Beatitudes is found in James chapter 1 and verse 12. This is a really valuable, interesting passage. James says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. The truth is, temptation's not wrong. Even our Lord was tempted in Matthew chapter 4 when the devil carried him to uh, stones and said, You see, turn these stones into bread. Carried him to the pinnacle of the temple and said, Cast yourself off. Or he took him to an exceeding high mountain and he says, I'll give you all the kings. The Lord was tempted, but he didn't give in. Sin is when we give in to temptation. And thus the blessing is upon the person who endures it. The devil tempts you and you say, no, I'm not giving in. The devil tempts you again and you say, no, I'm not giving in. The person then who endures it will receive the crown of life. Do you remember Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10? When he says, do not fear the things which you're about to suffer. And the deed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. The man who endures temptation is going to be given the crown of life. Matthew 25 verse 34. The king will say to those on his Right hand, come you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know, if, I, if I'm a man who has gone through a temptation, I know I have endured it. I know I've not given in to it. There's a fortunate blessing to be found there because I know what awaits me. Temptation, though, does not come from God. James goes on and says that God does not tempt anyone, neither is he tempted by sin. But every man is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Look with me at verses 13 and 15. He said, then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. I shouldn't look at God and say, God, why did you tempt me? Why did you put me in this situation? In reality, God doesn't do that. That's not the nature of God. He doesn't put a stumbling block in front of us. The devil is the one who does that. In 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 5, he says, Lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. God is not over here trying to see if he can get us to sin. Satan is and he is trying to get us. Blessed is the man that endures a temptation. And then we come to the book of Revelation. There are seven passages in the book of Revelation. Each of them has just a little bit different point with the exception of, of the first and the last one. 
chapter 1 and verse 3 and chapter 22, verse 7. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things written in it for the time is near. Chapter 22, verse 7. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now notice the three things. You read, you hear, and then you keep. Reading means that I have to spend some time myself taking in what God has said. I think of what Paul wrote Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 Till I come, give heed to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. That's the reason why we encourage people to be daily Bible readers. You can do so either by reading a chapter in the morning or a chapter at night. We have the daily Bible reading calendars that we usually have prepared for our autumn street fair. You can take those home. Or it may be that one of the first things you want to do in the morning when you get up is to spend a, a little bit of time reading God's Word. It may be that it's easier for you before you lay your head on the pillow at night. Whenever you do it, you need to be spending time reading. But you don't just read. You hear what is being said. That involves understanding that it means you receive it. I know I've read things sometimes, and I've not in the Bible, but other things that I read, and I say, that's not true. I don't believe that. I won't hear that. A lot of the political rhetoric that's going on now is just absolutely ridiculous. But he's saying you read, you hear, and then you keep it. You do what it says. You see, this requires both discernment and determination. Jesus said in John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You learn it and then you do it if you keep it. And he says the reason why, because the time is near. That means that when you and I learn something we need to do, we need to do it expeditiously, right then. I don't need to wait until some other time. You know, if, if I'm constantly waiting for a better set of circumstances, those better set of circumstances will never come. I'm sure you remember about Felix in Acts chapter 24 and verse 25. Go your way and when I have a convenient season, I will call for you. No, you won't. You're going to keep putting it off. When you have a convenient opportunity, that is the time to respond. So blessed are those that read, that hear, and to keep. Now, one of my favorites from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From now on, yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. This afternoon, some of us were privileged to attend the funeral for Sister Dillard, Kenny's grandmother. There was the main chapel that was filled from the front to the back. There was a little room that was off to the side. It was completely filled. No more sitting room. 
There were chairs at the front of the, the room was filled. You know why? There were so many people there. So many people appreciated Sister Dillard for her faithfulness. Numerous preachers there from the various congregations. She had evidently had an influence on a tremendous number of them, had fed a number of them. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. You know, you can die in the Lord, you can die out of the Lord. And when you think about that, when Paul wrote the Thessalonians, he said something in chapter 4, verse 13, it's very valuable. He said, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who've fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. He's talking about the Lord when he comes back and those who are alive are going to be changed, meet the Lord in the air. And he said in verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Those who die in the Lord, blessed are those who die in the Lord. He said that they may have rest from their labors. When I think about rest, I think about what occurs after a person has worked a long, hard day. They come into the afternoon and they're able to go to their home, maybe have a recliner, an easy chair where they sit and they rest from a hard day's work. Or I think about a person who's worked hard through this life and it comes to the time when they can retire They've worked hard. Their bodies are racked with, with the many years of activity. Do you know there's a picture of that given in Hebrews chapter 4? He said in verses 9 through 11, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. You see, he's saying God offers a rest. For us, that rest is eternity in heaven. Next, you come to chapter 16 and verse 15. Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame watches and keeps his garments. That phrase, watches and keeps his garments, makes you think about a person who is keeping his eyes open and he is uh, he's watching for what's coming toward him. But then he keeps his garments, keeps them prepared. Um, you know, you maybe you're at your home and you sleep in your pajamas and someone comes and knocks at the door. You say, well, where's my robe? I need to, to be able to have something to put on me. You keep your garments prepared. Well, we studied a similar passage in Luke chapter 12 where he talked about those servants who when he came, he found watching. He would have them to sit down and he said, blessed is the servant whom his master will so find doing when he comes. He's talking about being prepared, being prepared you must have your garments on and ready because the Lord will come when man is not expecting him. 
And he said, you don't want to be embarrassed to be found naked. Chapter 19, verse 9. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. The marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been invited to weddings. It's always a beautiful thing to witness. A young man and a young woman committing themselves to a life together. And you think about the specialness of it, and this is the marriage of the Lamb. In the context, verses 7 and 8, Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. And it was granted to her to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. You know, just like you see that beautiful young lady walk down the aisle with that beautiful white dress, not a stain on it, glistening as the lights reflect off of it. He said, that's the picture of the marriage of the Lamb. But he says, we're not talking about a, a literal marriage, a, fig, a figurative one. One where the righteous acts of the saints... And receiving an invitation to this is not only an honor, but it's something extra special. Because when you have the marriage of the Lamb, which is Christ, to His bride, Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, which is the church, what a wonderful privilege that is. Of course, you remember last week we studied Luke 14, verses 15 and 16. Many people were invited, but they all began to make their excuses. I'm sorry, I can't come. I'm sorry, I can't come. That's one invitation you don't want to miss. And then to chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. It's important when you study the book of Revelation to realize that this is figurative terminology. First resurrection, second death. And you have to know what these terms mean because there's not multiple resurrections. You remember John 5, 28 and 29 says, The hour is coming which all that are in the grave is going to hear His voice and come forth. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Nor are there multiple deaths physically because Hebrews 9, 27 says it's appointed a man once to die and after this a judgment. Well then what is he talking about? The first resurrection, blessed is the person who has part in that, is the vindication of the martyrs. In verse 5, but the rest of the dead did not live until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Those people who had, back in chapter 6, had been the soul saying, God, how long until you avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And God's answer was, wait a little while. And now he's saying, blessed are those who've been raised up by God. And the second death is hell. Because we read in chapter, verse 14, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And then the final one, chapter 22 and verse 14. Blessed are those who do His commandments that they may have right 
to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. The New American Standard follows a little different textual saying, blessed are those who wash their robes. Now, that textual difference of, of do his commandments or wash his robes sounds a little different, but they both involve doing exactly what God said. In chapter 1 and verse 5, he talks about those who have washed their sins in his own blood. And in chapter 7 and verse 14, he said those who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, how did they do that? By keeping or doing his commandments. But the person who does that, they have got the right to go into the city, that holy city, the new Jerusalem, where the tree of life can be found. Oh, you go all the way back to Genesis to find that tree of life. Now man has right to it again. Fortunate is he. The Lord has a marvelous way of putting things into proper perspective. Every time I read one of those blessed are, blessed are, blessed is, he tells us how to find true happiness, how to find true joy in this life. But the greatest thing that you and I can do is to be a Christian, to enjoy that happiness and that joy. I can assure you of one thing tonight. If you're here and you're not a Christian and you respond to the invitation whether you do it when we sing the invitation song or you come afterwards and say, I made my mind up, I want to be a Christian, you'll never regret that choice. And it will be something that will help guide your life through eternity. We're going to sing the song, Are You Coming to Jesus Tonight? And if you need to become a Christian or you need to be restored, we invite you to come as together we stand and sing.